0: Hello everyone, welcome to Embodying Your Higher Self, Tools for Living Consciously. My name is Michelle Chimpaca I'm your host for today's podcast, What's Attachment Therapy with Mike Diaz, or Dizio, uh, pardon me. Uh, our guests will be signing in shortly, we still have a few minutes before start time. So just sit back and relax and... Uh, really excited to have you with us today. Hey, welcome Mike. Hi. Nice to see you. Uh,
1: yes. Can you see Great. me? Are you watching me? Uh
0: well, I see, <laughs> I see your um, your head with a with a green light pulsating Earth. around your head, oh, which nice. is just your, your picture is what I see. <laughs>
1: is that my aura or not? But,
0: uh, I don't, uh, no, no, it's the pod being, uh, technology. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're just going to wait a few minutes, um, since it's not quite the start time Yeah. and, um, I was just going to put some music on, but I don't see the music so i will maybe do something different hold on
1: Okay.
0: let's see oh i have a good a good song here we go <laughs> Get us in the mood, here we go.
1: Is there music playing? I don't. Want, I want to make sure uh, my phone's working properly, or you didn't get the music going.
0: Oh, there is music. Oh, but you can't hear it, huh?
1: Oh no, I can't on my end. Um, okay, my end. I'll
0: stop the music. So much That's for my. Uh... <laughs> I guess it doesn't work unless it's channeled through the Podbean uh, app. So thank you <laughs> so uh, much for the music. Okay, everybody, I heard the music. I was playing a song called Confident by Demi Lovato, uh, a really upbeat song, but uh, I'll have to figure out later how to upload it. So welcome, everyone. This is a very, um, a very special uh, podcast today. I have a friend of mine who is a really fascinating guy. Um, his name is actually Mike. Dizio. Uh, Am I saying that right? Dizio? Dizio? Uh,
1: It's Dizio, but unless you're Italian, it's hard to pronounce. So you did just great Uh, there.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, let me see. I'm going to fix my, there we go. And am I coming through clear for you, Mike? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Wonderful. So um, I'd like to introduce Mike Dizio um, and tell you a little bit about him and his background. He's a coach who has always had a passion for helping others and his focus has been to help people change limiting beliefs about themselves so they can attain true satisfaction in their lives. And I like what you say about getting people out of their head is something that Mike teaches people so they can gain clarity and start realizing their potential. Um, his learning and experience has shown him that, uh, when we remove the constant worry and self doubt, we can access parts of our brain that opens us up to love and creation instead of fear. Beautiful. I love that. And some of his approaches, um, include cognitive behavioral therapy, visualization, identifying and clearing, limiting beliefs, meditation, mindfulness training, and much more. Uh, he's taken numerous self development workshops to further his own understanding of the mind and the effect it has on our lives. And he has taught and led various guided meditations, including beginners who want to take up the practice. Since introducing regular meditation into Mike's own life, um, he can see how it's really helped to transform uh, his life and his thoughts to being more loving, gentle, and compassionate. And in Mike's coaching practice, he takes a compassionate and non-judgmental approach, which enables people to feel comfortable about opening up. His mission is to empower people and give them the confidence to create the life they want, regardless of what people think their limitations are. He wants to bring out the powerful person made inside and show them their true, true strength. Beautiful, Mike. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and and taking the time to be here i'm really excited to learn more about your background and how you began this journey if you'd share a little bit about uh that with us
1: yeah for sure uh thanks for that intro um When I was hearing all that I'm like wow I do all that that's pretty awesome
0: yeah (laughs) I know Which
1: which actually leads me to the point of uh I think a lot of times you might resonate with this too Michelle like a lot of times we do a lot of work on ourselves over the period of our lives and we don't stop to sort of take inventory or really soak up like what we've actually been through what we've learned what workshops we've done so it can sort of get lost in the uh, the chase for, you know, feeling amazing and feeling good all the time. But I just really think it's important to stop. And, you know, you could even journal or put on paper, like all the things you've done, because, you know, we tend to forget um, certain things that we've done, and it kind of just gets buried in our mind somewhere. But when you put it all out there, and just hearing you explain, you know, my background, I was kind of like, wow, that's, uh, that was pretty good. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah I just thought I'd mention that but um so yeah my background um I don't even know where to start um I guess I'll start sort of as like a kid I was pretty shy I was very scared I was pretty much scared of my own shadow and um yeah I just remember constantly being in sort of fear and worry and uh it was always like kind of a tough time going to school and and things like that. Anything new is like really scary to me. And uh, fast forward to high school. Um, and Michelle, just interject if I'm going a little too deep or too detailed, but uh, I'll just keep going until you uh, put me on track. Um, <laughs> so, so high school. Um, I was actually, sorry, let me back up. In elementary school, I was kind of popular. I guess, you know, I was a tall, probably the tallest kid in my class and I was good at sports. So I think people just gravitated towards me um, because of that. So I was always kind of like popular kid, well liked. Then I went to uh, high school and it was a big high school and nobody knew me. So nobody had to like, you know, be nice to me or be like, oh, Mike's the popular guy. I was pretty much, uh, nobody, And I had such a big struggle with that because me being an introvert, and I didn't even know what an introvert was at the time, I'd see all the popular kids being really loud and outgoing and funny. And when I tried to do those things in a group, um, I'd kind of fall on my face and I'd get really embarrassed and turn red and it, it just wouldn't go over well. And uh, I basically spent most of my high school years trying to like fit into the popular crowd um, and to a certain extent I, I did get to go to like parties and stuff like that and you could say I did get to hang out with them but I wasn't my authentic self I was always putting on kind of like a fake version of myself and um, I noticed sort of after like when I was in regular classes with just regular people who weren't popular you'd say I was so funny. I was really like smart and quick, and like people thought I was awesome. But then when I was back with the popular kids, I was trying to to be popular and I was trying to be an extrovert. So, uh, yeah, I guess at some point in time, though, I learned about introversion and extroversion. And I realized, Mike, like you're an introvert, like you're never going to be that guy who's, you know, standing on the the table at a party telling a big joke in front of a crowd like that's just not that's not who you are but one-on-one one-on-two you shine like you're really really good and um even if i do have to speak in front of people i just know i need to be a little more prepared um than, you know just kind of improv or speaking off the cuff uh and that's fine i just now that I got to know a little bit more about myself and my makeup, it was so much easier to, you know, play on my strengths, and uh, not worry so much about areas that I wasn't good in. Um, so yeah, that was for me. That was like one huge realization was realizing that I'm not an extrovert. I'll never be an extrovert. And there's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Michelle, I think you would identify as an extrovert, would you say?
0: No, no, no. I don't. You always think I don't am. Don't lie.
1: Don't actually. lie to your crowd. <laughs> <lie to> you.
0: <laughs> no, I I was very shy, like you, as a child. I literally, I, I was born and raised in Connecticut for the first eight years. And I literally would spend hours watching ants Um, build their colonies, and I I spent a lot of time alone. And I remember there was a point where I was like, I was so introverted as a child that I went, I better do something because otherwise I'm never going to make any friends. (laughs) So I pushed myself to be more extroverted. So I would say I'm an introvert with extroverted tendencies, but my true... Authentic self is actually introvert.
1: Yeah, wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> I bet I'm not the first person though who labeled you as an extrovert, right?
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I push myself, and and maybe I don't know if it's not about being inauthentic, but I mm-hmm. I really want to have deep and meaningful connections with people. So I realize in order to do that. I had to make a little bit more of an effort to reach out and be out, more outgoing so that I could have that connection. Yeah. But like you, I'm much more comfortable in smaller groups right. and uh, I think we can also go through, would you say you could also go through periods where sometimes you're more introverted and sometimes you can be a little bit more extroverted?
1: yeah most definitely and uh the periods where i'm feeling a little more extroverted i'm not gonna lie it feels a little nice because you know you're more social you're connecting more one of my sort of um biggest needs is emotional connection Mm -hmm. um and when i when i'm feeling really extra social and i'm feeling emotionally connected with people um it feels good Um, but definitely that doesn't always, doesn't always happen. There's days where I'm kind of a little more inward focused and, uh, you know, a little more of a homebody, I guess you'd say, but, um, it definitely fluctuates. Uh, I'm trying to think when it turns on and off. I don't know if it's a conscious thing, but there's definitely periods. Yeah. Where, where sometimes I'm feeling social and other periods where I'm pretty happy to be, uh, by myself and, uh just kind of do my own thing, but um, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to kind of jump off of this uh, point to ask you, was there a kind of catalyst in your life, something that propelled you to get onto this um, path of personal development spirituality?
1: Yeah, for sure, uh, great question. So, <laughs> I would say, so let's fast forward after high school. um, Friends were getting good jobs and, and early 20s, people were starting to buy condos and stuff like that in my friends group. And I never really knew what I wanted to do. Like I always felt like I didn't know what I was here for, what was my purpose. So I actually went to uh, university and college. I have a college and a university uh, degree in uh, general arts and science. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how much I didn't know really, like what I wanted to do. Um, but I thought, you know, I'd, I'll go and get these degrees because, you know, some jobs to an extent just want to see that you have post-secondary education. Right. So the other funny thing about that was, and why I picked those courses was, I had a deep, deep, deep fear of public speaking. Um, I kind of had like a panic attack situation in high school during a presentation. And for years, probably about a decade, I avoided every single public speaking, like anything that even resembled public speaking. like. You know, you know when you start a new job and there might be an orientation and they ask you to go around the room and introduce yourself? Yes. I would, again, before it was my turn, when it was like coming close to me, I would start to like have a panic attack and I would literally leave the room and come back like 20 minutes later and and be like, oh, sorry, like I was feeling a little sick. I had to, you know, go to the washroom and they're like, oh, that's fine. And I would just skip any single thing that had to do with speaking in front of other people because it created such anxiety for me so wow yeah so that's why i chose in university and college i didn't choose courses based on what i wanted to do i chose courses based on the ones that had no or low um, public speaking like no presentations or nothing to do with public speaking i also eliminated any job that i might have found even remotely interesting if it had a public speaking component to it wow yeah, so it was really sad when I think back, right? It's like, you know, when they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was like, well, I wouldn't mind being this, but I can't do that. And I would just, right off the table, it, would, it wouldn't even be an issue. So um, fast forward, I was taking jobs that were just not really of interest to me. They weren't really kind of what got me excited. I was more trying to chase um, money because to me, money equaled success. That's what I was sort of taught or what I believed. And I kept going for these jobs that just really didn't do anything for me and they were really making me depressed and unhappy. So the catalyst, here we go. So I was switching job to job to job, industry to industry to industry. Like you'd probably laugh if you heard my resume of the different types of jobs I've had. But I finally got a job at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. And in the HR department, and Sick Kids Hospital is like one of the premier uh, kids children's hospitals in the world, actually. Mm. So on paper, it was amazing. Like my family was so proud; they're telling everybody. My friends were so impressed. Um, anybody I met who I said I worked there were like, "Wow!" Like, so you know, at first I was I was happy. I was like, "Wow!" Like I really made it. This is the most money I've ever made. Like things are great, but slowly. This job was not for me. Like, I was in a cubicle for sometimes 12 hours a day and just so stressed out, so burnt out. And uh, maybe three months in, I was just so stressed out and not sleeping well and waking up at weird hours that I said, you know what, I, enough is enough. I'm tired of this struggle of not knowing who I am, not knowing what I want to do, having this constant anxiety. So I had enough money in my bank to not work. Um, I think I calculated for like six months or so. So this is about maybe eight or nine years ago. I said, you know what, I'm quitting this job and I'm just gonna go all in on personal development. Um, And I literally, Michelle, I treated it like a job. Like every day I would wake up, I would do meditation, I'd be reading self-help books, I would be, going to every workshop possible, YouTube videos. Like literally it was like my daily job to just understand what's going on with me, my subconscious mind, why does this, these things happen? And really that six months like changed me so much. Like it was such a big learning lesson on who I am, what I really want and sort of more of my purpose. Um, so yeah, early days was really into like Joe Dispenza. Um, I'm not sure if you're into Joe Dispenza or not, but he was like kind of a big early influence on me. Um, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden. Um, yes. Yeah, those those three were, were really big uh, for me in my early sort of awakening. I don't know, I guess you want to call it. Um, but what was so amazing during that time period, I literally just remember being so not worried anymore. I was in such a centered mindful place that like my higher self was just coming through me like all the time and i would like meet strangers on the street and they would tell me their problems and i'd be able to help them like almost on the spot and they Mm -hmm. were blown away and i was blown away myself and i was like i gotta do like coaching or something because i feel like i'm a i was feeling the, the biggest thing that pushed me towards that actually was People and this was even before, but people have an easy time opening up to me. Yes, um, yes, I, I can see that. Yes. Did you, did you ever feel that way with me, Michelle? Yes, like, like absolutely, absolutely. or like, what do you think it is about me that makes you feel like you can open up?
0: I think that you have a very non-judgmental um, approach to people, mm-hmm. and um, and you also have a, a kind of inner calm. That mm-hmm. I think people can feel radiating from you, that allows them to feel safe to open up to you. That's that's my impression anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: those that's I'm glad you said that, and I've heard a few of those things before too. And uh, you know, I don't before I just I didn't think much of it, but you know, I don't take that lightly. You know, if somebody wants to open up and they're telling me something that's really, really like deep and vulnerable, I really think it's sort of my moral responsibility to you know be there for them hold space for them and realize that just by them telling me that can be like so healing um in itself um so if i could sort of be that um conduit or channel or what's the popular word these days container i always hear (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear that word a lot (laughs)
0: yes i hear that a lot the container the space holder yes absolutely
1: So yeah, that's, that's um, one thing where I was like, you know what, I should do this. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons why, because if anything, even if I don't know what I'm talking about, if I can allow for people to share what's really going on inside of them, that's, that's a really huge, um, huge thing forward for some people, because some people don't have people to open up to. And there's a lot of shame and guilt and, fears of looking weak or foolish or all sorts of things, so.
0: Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That's really beautiful. And um, it is a gift when you're able to just be there and be fully present and hold space for somebody. And like you said, that in itself can be the healing for that person. And, um, you know, I I think that's really amazing. And I, I, I guess that makes, it begs the question, like, do you have anybody in your life that holds space for you in that way
1: oh yeah that's a good question um see the fact i don't have a quick answer means i don't have as many as i would like so okay funny funny quick story but one of the biggest people who i trusted so much and i could tell anything and she was just so beneficial to me was an ex-girlfriend of mine um and this is a while ago so we've been friends for a long time but um, she ended up getting a boyfriend who was maybe a little jealous and thought there was something a little more than there was. Right. So she kind of had to say, hey, listen, like, it sucks, but we can't talk anymore. And I was like, no. Oh,
0: that's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's really hard. <laughs>
1: so um, so I, there, I guess there's other people. Um, my, mom, my mom's very kind of open, allows me to speak
0: beautiful i
1: need to the only thing about my mom bless bless her heart my mom if she's listening to this or listens uh, (laughs) don't take this as a knock but her natural instinct natural instinct is to give advice she's like an advice and sometimes you just you just want to be heard and you just want to get off your chest what you're going through um there's a time and place for advice and and if you need it you should definitely ask but Um, Sometimes, you know, I try to explain to her, I'm not feeling good for whatever reason. She just goes right into like, well, have you tried this or tried that? (laughs) I know that's, that's a
0: typical mother thing. I mean, I'm a mother, so I understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We just, we really want to, you know, we want to help, you know, our children. We want to make sure they're happy and it's just uh, instinctual, you know, I'm sure she means well, but I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, sometimes people think, oh, I need to give that person advice, but mm. actually um, you just want to be heard and you want somebody yeah. to hold space for you to to really share from the heart. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I actually had a conversation with a friend who just really listened to me today, and it was really beautiful, you know, and, and she's in the U.K., and uh, so we had to get our time zones coordinated. But um, those kind of people are very – Ah, oh, you know, very few in, mm-hmm. in our lives, and but they're very precious and um, they're important for us. I wanted to ask you, like, being on this path of, of doing personal development work and helping people, what do you think <laughs> has been the biggest gift for you to do this work that you're doing now?
1: Oh, wow. The biggest gift that I've received, or biggest learning, or like...
0: Either way, whatever, yeah. however you want to answer it, it's okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I was just writing a few notes before we're talking here, and it, this is just so basic. It's very basic. But mm. I, can, I know this was a huge help for me in my life, was just the realization of focus on what you do have, not what you don't. Ah. Because when I was young, I was always focusing on I'm not – loud enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not, uh, I don't have a six pack. Like just the focus was always on what I don't have. So if you can imagine your inner voice, you know, imagine someone on your shoulder all day, every day, whispering in your ear, Oh, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not, you'll never get that girl. Of course you're going to feel depressed and I went through many depressions. Mm -hmm. So just the simple switch of like, okay, well, let's let's try this out. Let's focus on the good things you do have. Well, there's so many areas you can focus on. Physical, okay, well, my, I can run for ten miles. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Um, I don't know. I'm coming up with blanks, but you know, there's there's a lot of things about myself. I'm playful. I like to kind of joke around and, and be a bit of a joker. Uh, Michelle, you witnessed me being a joker at a ceremony once, I think.
0: Yes, yeah, but, you're, you're, uh, he's, he's got a great sense of humor. I, I always wondered why you never decided to become a stand-up comedian, because yeah, yeah, he would yeah. have been really good at it.
1: <laughs> That's one of my bucket list uh, items, for sure. But, um, but no, it's just stuff like that, like just focusing on your, your good qualities and what you do bring to the table. Because um, really, what makes the world work is we're all different. And we all have different strengths we all, if we all had the same sort of strengths and the same weaknesses, like it would be really hard to, you wouldn't have all these industries and all these people being able to serve other people in various ways, whether you're the guy building a, a bridge or the guy, you know, curing cancer, like we need people with different strengths and the person building the bridge, we don't really need him to be able to cure cancer. If, if he's not good at that or has no ability, then that's okay. So, yeah, it was just that that switch of focus of um, what you do have versus what you don't. Mm, um, I like
0: that. I think that's uh, that's simple, but it's uh, it's powerful because I think most of us um, do focus on the deficits or the problems that we have and uh, what we think we uh, what we think we should be doing or should have or you know shouldn't have and uh, we don't focus on what we do have and, and having that gratitude you for know sure. for uh what we have in our lives is really important absolutely yeah, no, no yeah one, one I, last
1: thing on that the way i looked at it was like you're kind of like you know I, I don't know where everyone stands on the spirituality spectrum spectrum whether you believe in god or source or universe it doesn't matter what it is but i feel like you know there is maybe a creator or something that did create us. And I feel like that's kind of a slap in the face of our creator to sort of complain and nitpick
0: mm-hmm. all these
1: things that we don't have. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, but look what we were given, like this gift of sight where we can see all these beautiful things, the gift of touch where we can hug and love someone else. So if we are focused on the other stuff, yeah, we're kind of going to be ungrateful but when we focus on the gifts we were given um it just it's you're naturally going to feel better
0: oh thank you that's true and it's always a good reminder to hear it even even if we've heard it a thousand times we need to keep hearing it a thousand more and a thousand more um because we we tend to go back and you know a lot of people go back to the negative so it's really important to remember the positives and I appreciate uh, you sharing that and um, so I know that this podcast is about what is attachment theory you said um, you I would love to know more about that and if you can tell us a bit about what you're doing with that or what that's about because honestly that's uh, a bit new for me I'm not familiar with that term
1: yeah for sure so um, along my travels uh, when i was I was doing workshops with uh, a woman named Thais Gibson, and uh, she started maybe three years ago um, something called the Personal Development School.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And basically, she came up with um, online courses with the overarching theme of attachment theory. Oh. And um, attachment theory is kind of becoming very popular, like if you're on social media or, follow like uh, personal growth even TikTok and stuff like that like you'll see attachment theory start to come up quite a bit and um it's basically how you were parented um is how you're going to be showing up in your adult life mm-hmm. so um yeah there's four types of sort of it's kind of like you know let's say human design or like myers-briggs how they right. have sort of different categories This one is more your um, relationship, how you show up in relationships uh, in your adult life. So there'll be like um, dismissive avoidant. Dismissive avoidant would be from parents or caregivers that are likely emotionally unavailable. Um, So if you're dismissive avoidant, you might've had your physical needs met and clothing and food and all that. But the parents didn't know how to emotionally connect with the, with the child and sort of rejected their bids for attention and for touch and closeness. So because of that, at a very young age, the child learns that he has to be very independent and that emotions don't help. Emotions actually don't, they make you feel pain because they're ignored. So at a young age, a dismissive avoidant would be... Almost turning off their emotions and repressing them, and uh, not not sort of paying attention to them. And this goes over into adult life where the emotional repression is still there, and um, hyper independent, very independent, don't really want to open up to people, and. Um, And not because they're selfish at their core, but meeting the needs of other people is like sort of the last thing that they're interested in doing because they're sort of, they have a scarce mentality. They think that they need to sort of be looking out for themselves most of the time because Mm -hmm. their energy resources aren't as abundant. Um, So as dismissive avoidant, I'll just briefly touch on the other two insecure attachment styles. There is fearful avoidant, and that would be probably where one parent growing up was either maybe an alcoholic, drug user, had a mental illness. So the child had to grow up and maybe even be the parent um, a lot earlier than they should have been. And there was a lot of mistrust for their parent because, let's say it was an alcoholic parent, you'd have maybe somebody sometimes acting really nice and affectionate. But then the other time they're acting scary and they're yelling, so that's very confusing as a child. So that creates a lot of mistrust, um, not only in their caregivers but in adult relationships. They don't they they think that eventually somebody's going to do something um, to break their trust. So a fearful avoidant will experience a lot of mistrust in relationships, um, and over giving, not setting boundaries, um, not asking for what they need. And they build a lot of resentment. Their resentment tank kind of builds, 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 and then they finally have a big, big blow up usually. And it's not usually pretty because it's months and months of not sort of speaking up for what they need. And lastly, anxious preoccupied. um, they They had parents who did pay them good attention and showed them love, but it was a little inconsistent. So sometimes the parent might have had to go away for work and leave, but then come back. So they're around just enough to create an attachment, but then when they left, it created a lot of anxiety uh, for the child. So then, in adult life, they're very external focused. Um, they they have a hard time soothing themselves. They need to soothe themselves, and almost derive their sense of worth and love from strictly from the external world. So anxious preoccupied are the type that if you text and someone doesn't get back to you or, or leaves you on a red, I guess the kids are calling it, they get very stressed out because they're inside of their body. The past traumas coming up of, oh, I'm being abandoned yet again. Like, I'm not sure if they're coming back. So they have heavy rejection wounds. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, like each uh, insecure attachment style has its own sort of thing. There's a lot more to them. And and I invite you to check, uh, the personal development school website and YouTube channel, and you can kind of learn more because once you see what you are, it's really empowering because you see the patterns that you have. Right. Um, Yeah. And once you figure out the patterns and figure out sort of the core wounds that lie beneath the patterns, then you can uh, reprogram those core wounds and, uh, not sort of fall into the same same relationship dynamics over and over and over. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of sort of freedom in that. So.
0: Absolutely. No, that makes total sense. And, um, so the personal development school, I put it in the, in the chat. So people that are on live can see the, the website. I'll also put the other social media details for Mike on my Podbean webpage after the show has uh, finished. But, um, yeah i'm really curious to explore a little bit more about your school um what kind of classes do you have uh that would be beneficial to help people with um that fall into one of these categories um do you have any specific classes or tools that um you would recommend that could be helpful for people
1: yeah for sure so well within the school i think there's like 50 or so courses so there's a few courses in the school um And what's cool is it's not like some of them are just I'll just read a few just so like there's release emotions with somatic processing, um, Mm -hmm. how to repair any relationship. Um, Let's see here. Skyrocket your uh, Mm self-esteem, ending codependency and enmeshment. Uh, the newest course we have is Overcoming Narcissistic Abuse. We hear a lot about narcissism a lot yes. these days, and we have a course on that. So anyway, there's courses with the whole, there's a lot of different types of courses. But individually, we have course tracks for once you take our quiz. Uh, also, you know what, that would be a good idea if, you, if we leave the um, link to the quiz in the show notes. I really invite people just for their own knowledge to take the quiz and see where you sit on the spectrum.
0: Okay. Do you, um, do you have ability to type that into your chat right Um, now? Or, um, um, if not just tell me and I'll type it now.
1: No problem. Yeah. Let's Let's see here. Um, worst multitasker on the planet
0: that, that, um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be interested to take the quiz and, (laughs) um, you know, find out what is my, you know, attachment, know style or uh, maybe i mean have you ever met anybody for example that hasn't fallen into one of these categories like that is actually like really got their act together and they don't have any issues (laughs) that would be amazing wouldn't it yeah
1: for sure (laughs) well yeah actually so there's a a fourth category which is called secure this is the the people who are have very good boundaries um okay they, they know their needs and have no problem asking for their needs to be met. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely um, – you'll see when you take the quiz, it'll show you your percentage of secure as well. So oh, okay, you can good. Be, Yeah, it's all percentages. So you can be maybe like, I don't know, 57% anxious, preoccupied. Right. And uh, what's the math on that? 30, 43% secure. Right. Right. So, What's cool is when you do the courses and you're in the school, then you can do the quiz um, every month, every three months, and you right. can sort of see your secure percentage grow and your anxious percentage uh, go down. Um,
0: That's amazing, Mike. It's, it's, it's incredible yeah. to have a school like this. I, I'm sure so many people would benefit from it.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. yeah sure. I've I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen a lot of students over the years in the school. I do like weekly Zoom calls with a lot of students, and right. it's so cool to see someone come in who. A lot of this is on Zoom, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of students will come in and they won't have their camera on and they're not really talking much. And then some of them, after being in the school for six months a year, they're they're on the camera. You can't shut them up they're just they're they're really loving like sharing themselves and oh
0: wow that's great
1: it's really nice to see wow Um, so yeah i have the the quiz the link to the quiz is okay it would be attachment Uh uh-huh dot personal development (laughs) school dot com okay
0: i think i got it dot personal development school Dot com. Uh, dot com okay yeah. got it I'm typing so it cool. in as we speak yeah I'll um, check out the quiz. yeah and... I'll definitely I'll do it I know you sent it to me a while ago and I don't know what happened I lost sight of it on our whatsapp messages oh, and yes. I definitely um, now that I have it again I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the quiz myself I'm really curious <laughs> I kind of think I know already what I am because mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. you know as you know I've done a lot of personal development work when you yeah. re- when you were reading off the different descriptions I'm like I think it's that one you know and um, I think it's pretty accurate the way that you've described it makes a lot of sense to me Um, Mm. the circumstances the environment which would create that particular attachment style um, it just Mm. makes a lot of sense and um, so uh, having the support of a school um, like the personal development school to help people change um, these entrained ways of being or thinking. Um, I think that's really an amazing contribution to, to the world and to society. So hats off to you, my friend, for doing this work. It's really important.
1: I got the creator, Thais, I got to give her credit. She made, uh, she brought all this together, but definitely we're, we're, she has a team behind her. I'm one of her team members and uh it's really great i just want to say one other thing about it too why it's really beneficial it's sure we have a lot of people come in um who are in relationships but they're just having a hard time um, right with with, uh, various amounts of reasons you know and um if you don't know your attachment style your partner's attachment style their view of sort of the how a relationship works can be totally different than yours so Uh. it's almost like you're both playing the same game but with a completely different set of rules so of course there's going to be a lot of taking things personal there's going to be a lot of sort of blaming there's going to be a lot of just misunderstanding but when you not only get to know your attachment style and how you should be showing up you get to know your partner's attachment style and be like okay they're dismissive avoidant dismissive avoidance need to take space sometimes and it's not because they're sick of you or like don't want to be with you but literally like it's in their makeup to need space but sometimes feel a little shamed shamed mm-hmm. to ask for it right so when you know your partner needs that if you give them sort of the um let them know like it's okay to take space but just let me know like don't don't just disappear for three days or don't answer your phone for three days like let me know like I'm, I'm happy that you need it and i'm happy to give it to you but you just need to let me know so it's things like that like if you don't know why your partner's doing certain behaviors it's easy to take personal and easy to think oh this relationship isn't working when really it's just someone's attachment system being activated and um, sometimes they're ashamed or worried to express what they need
0: Yes i I get it and that and of course that comes up in all kinds of relationships friendships or intimate relationships uh, relationships with our parents or siblings so this is very um this is very important work you know and or or this theory really gives us a, a framework to understand how we can better relate and to one another in Definitely. more healthier uh, communication styles and and perhaps even have more compassion, compassion for other, compassion for self, um, as we navigate through, you know, our relationships with people. So,
1: exactly. yeah, wonderful. Yes.
0: Do you have, um, before we end the show, I, I often like to ask uh, the guests if if there's a particular tool um, or practice that you do that you find is really helpful for you in your life. If you, if you could share that, that would be awesome.
1: Um, yeah, let's see here. Maybe, probably just the easiest one. I'm very big on like simplicity.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. I like simplicity.
1: Simplicity and old school, nothing too fancy, but, um, I think the first couple hours of the day, uh, is really important and sets mm-hmm. the tone for the day. And, um, having said that though I'm not a morning person so I'm not out there you know working out six in the morning or um you know doing anything too intense but one thing that's really helpful is um not turning on your phone or any any electronics for the first two hours of the day Mm. and uh, especially with the phone because with the phone you know you got your social media you got your Emails. You have a lot of different things, but especially social media. I know we're all drawn to sort of checking our various social medias uh, in the morning, Mm -hmm. but the thing is you're sort of setting your your dopamine receptors for the day to kind of want more and more and more and and needing it almost to like satisfy you. So I find if you don't use social media or the phone or YouTube uh, the first couple hours of the day, you actually don't care as much to check it the whole day. You're not you're not constantly wanting to go back and see on your phone what's going on. So believe it or not, just by not doing that the first hour or two of the day, you'll find that there won't be this like pull where you need to be checking what, what's going on on social media and stuff like that. And then you're just a little more focused on the stuff you got to do, like your, your work or... Personal development, practice, whatever it is.
0: Yes, um, yes. So
1: yeah, that's that's probably just one of the biggest things I do. Um, number two is knowing mm-hmm. knowing my needs and then intentionally filling those. We call them needs buckets. So, for example, I have a high need for emotional connection, as I mentioned earlier. That's um, another high need for me. Personal development is a is a high need. Mm-hmm. So. My subconscious personality, my subconscious mind, is going to be dr- pulling me towards those things naturally. So, in order to not be distracted, oh, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I just turned. <laughs> I turned down my mic because it's storming here. There's thundering oh, and really, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I can hear you fine. Yes. Okay,
1: sorry. So, when when you know what your personality needs are. You can intentionally fill them doing those things during the day so they're not trying to pull you towards them when you don't want them to i don't know if that made sense so let's say my highest needs emotional connection if i yes just go, if i just go right into like let's say i need to write content for my job and just go right into the computer well i'm not emotionally connecting with anyone i'm probably going to be very distracted doing this work because my subconscious mind wants to connect. So, what I can do is maybe phone a friend before I start my work and have a nice oh. conversation about life, about how we're feeling, those kinds of things. Then, once that's all yes. done, I can go into my work and just stare at the computer for a few hours because that sort of need has been fulfilled. Um, beautiful, so we, beautiful example. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah I think I'm similar to you. I think emotional connection is very important for me as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think that's um, I think for a lot of people it is actually, but not everybody's yeah. aware perhaps how important it is. Oh. So I think being able to understand your needs is uh, yeah, it's very important for us to to find that um, fulfillment in our lives if we don't understand what our needs are then how can we truly be happy and fulfilled, you know?
1: Exactly. And a lot yeah. Of Quick example, I was speaking to someone the other day, and she was really down. She was um, um, she was 60 years old, and she doesn't have that much money, and she feels like a failure because she never made a lot of money in her life. Mm. And she was just really, like, beating herself up for kind of not being, um, for not having a lot of money. She wasn't, like, broke or anything like that, but she was just, right. like, she was not like a winner. And I was like, okay, interesting. I go, tell me in your 60 years of life, how many books or seminars or um, videos have you watched on wealth creation? She's like, none. And I'm like, "Wow." then it's obviously not really in your need structure to be wealthy. Because if that was something that really was an internal internal need you'd be out there like i said you'd be reading every book you can read on wealth creation you'd be going to seminars workshops but what i found out she had a high need for personal development and mm. she told me about all these amazing things and things she's done and people she's met and all these things and it's like well yeah like, i'd say that's pretty successful you got to do a lot of the things that make your heart like really you for the same so if you can see, like a lot of people chase things that they think should make them happy because society tells them that's what makes right. you happy. When really, for for you, that might not be even close to what makes you happy. And you're really gonna waste a lot of time kind of chasing those things if they're not within your, your kind of need structure.
0: Absolutely, I agree. And I think um, I think that's a good example if you're really interested in and having a lot of money, you're going to focus more of your time and energy on that. I mean, I think for me, uh, to do what I love and to have the ability to share the tools and gifts of, you know, my 20 plus years of, you know, training and just living, that is that is what is important for me. And then the money is the icing on the cake. Like the money is, oh, okay, that's the extra thing that comes with doing what I love. But some people it's the other way around. That money is more important. But for me, it's more important to make a difference and be of service. So, of course, I need to have money to live and and uh, eat and you know help pay the bills and so forth. But I you know I'm not chasing money. But instead, the money will follow when you do what you love. So, or that's my philosophy. Wow. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it's really really good to talk about that and and share how. How we can learn so much more by understanding our needs and other people's needs. So, mm-hmm. thank you for for sharing that with us today, and thank you for coming and and being a guest on the show today. Um, do you have any special programs or anything you wanted to share before we finish the show, or or mm-hmm. just just um, go to the website and check it out the the Personal Development School or.
1: Yeah, I'd say go to the website. Definitely check it Mm out. Um, Okay. If you join join on a three month, anything above three month memberships, uh, there's a code code with you, and I think you get like thirty percent off or something.
0: Oh, Um, okay, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, with you, uh, all in capitals. Um, But yeah, it is. Oh, so the
0: code the code is called if the code is with you. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, you.
0: let me just put that in the in the box here so people can see it um, with you code Okay, I'll just put with you to receive To yeah, receive like what 30% 25,
1: off 25% off or 30% off. Yeah
0: See yeah, um, I'll just put and a discount
1: just yeah if you uh, become uh, all access member um, you get you get to go to four she does four live webinars a week which is crazy because like a lot of people do like one webinar a week she does four um and then we have uh, kind of community events through the week and i host um i think seven oh wow yeah so like you can come to like a sharing circle where we're sharing vulnerably um what else wonderful Self, self-discovery routine like there's all sorts of routines through the week but yeah it's fun and, and it's nice to connect and heal with other people at the same time alongside you. So,
0: oh well, thank you. I'm sure. I'm sure this uh, this will be really helpful to a lot of people out there listening um, on the call now or later um, when they listen to the recording. And um, I just want to really thank you for sharing um, your story and uh, giving us an understanding of what attachment theory is. Um, thank you so much for guesting today and. Um, I hope you keep doing the good work that you're doing, Mike.
1: Yeah, you too, Michelle. Obviously, everyone knows what you do, but you're, you're doing good work yourself. So, keep
0: uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, So everybody, um, to find out more about the development school, I've put on here the websites. I'll also put it on Podbean. And if you want to know more about my upcoming programs and um, the services I offer, you can visit my website at spiritweaver.com journeys.com so thank you everyone for for your support and please like and follow this podcast and have a great night or day wherever you are and sending you all so much love
1: thanks michelle
0: thank you